Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to a Good Friday. I think Good Friday is a very precious moment. I think it's easy in our culture to rush towards the victory, right? Like, we already know that's in mind. We already know Easter is coming. We already know Sunday is coming. And that's the time when we get to celebrate. But I think it's a powerful moment when we lean into Good Friday. When we replay the story. When we enter in. When we pause and we think about the suffering. We think about the grieving. We think about the pain. We think about the cost. So Jesus gathers at the table with his disciples and he looks around the table and he sees these disciples, the the guys that he spent years loving, the guys that he spent years walking down the road together, spent years in a community, spent years ministering. Spent years teaching. I just imagine that. Like these guys saw all the miracles that Jesus did. They struggled. There were times when they didn't have faith. There were times when they stepped up and they found their faith. Like they lived life with Jesus. These are the disciples that he's poured into, he's sat around campfires with, he's cooked meals with, he's struggled with and rejoiced with. And he's sharing one last meal together. These are good friends. And even in the midst, Jesus knows there's already one of his really good friends that are going to betray him. Even in the midst of this Last Supper, we see that Jesus shows us what it can look like to love even your enemy. In Matthew 26, we see Jesus is there eating together. And it says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And gave it to the disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you. I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day that I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. They participated in the Last Supper where they shared the bread 
and the cup. And we see all sorts of parts of this story, right? Jesus watching their feet. Jesus praying in the garden. Confronted with the mission that he is on and where it's leading him. It says he was filled with so much sorrow, asking God, could there be any other way? And it says he was filled with so much sorrow, he felt like he could die. It was overwhelming. The anguish was just too much. Yet he continued on. Jesus is arrested. One of Jesus' good friends disowns him. He is once again betrayed. Jesus is tried. Jesus is beaten. And Jesus is hung on the cross to be executed. On Good Friday, Jesus died. And all of heaven fell silent. See, Good Friday is when we, as followers of Jesus, pause before the celebration. We pause before the victory. Even though we know the victory is here, We know this is our reality, but we pause because there's also realities in our world where we can identify with what happens on Good Friday. It's a time to pause and grieve the weight of sin and brokenness in the world and what that cost. Jesus experienced it and meets us in our grieving, in our brokenness, in our sin. And Good Friday is the time in which we wait on him. Because even though it seems like God has lost, we wait and we grieve and we hope. And we sit in the weight of the sin and the brokenness in our world. Good Friday teaches us how to grieve. It teaches us the power of grieving. Of processing the fears and disappointments, the hurts, the trauma. So that we can be healed. We've been going through uh, the book of Jonah, and we see in chapter 3 when Jonah gives his amazing five-word sermon to the Ninevites, we see their reaction. And their reaction when they are met with who God is, is that of brokenness, of sorrow, of repentance, 
of seeing that they have been living their lives another way, apart from who God is, and upon seeing, experiencing who God is, they turn and they repent. And they confess. I wonder when we are met with the weight of sin and brokenness in this world. It may be in your own life. It may be in your own mind. It may be just what you see and experience in the world. What is your response? I know there's a lot in our world that would have us just brush past it. After a day, you've grieved enough. Move on. I know you're struggling, but get better. I know this is painful, but I don't have time for that. Good Friday is when we pause. It's interesting because we talked about this. The, the people of Nineveh, as they repented, put on sackcloth and ashes. This, historically in the Old Testament, was a sign. It was a symbol to everyone else and a sign to yourself that you were in a season of grieving, that you were in a season of mourning, that you were in a season of repentance. So they would put on these sackcloth bags and the whole reason they would put it on is because this is not comfortable to wear. This is itchy, it's scratchy. This is symbolic of an uncomfortable season. And they would sit in ashes or on Ash Wednesday you draw a cross of ashes on your forehead to remember that in the end you are dust. Sometimes I wish that we would have a symbolic thing like this to show the world and show ourselves when we are in a season of grieving, when we are in a season of deep repentance and confession so that it wouldn't be as easy to brush past it. So tonight, this is a symbol. This is a symbol of repentance. This is a symbol of confession. This is a symbol of our grieving. On Good Friday, we stop and we sit. And we examine our lives and we sit in the reality of Jesus hanging on the cross, enduring suffering, enduring pain, experiencing death so you and I might live and live life to the full.
Tonight, I want to give us an opportunity to sit. John 19, that Shelley read, I want to read that again. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished for the world. It is finished for you and I. See, in the Greek, that it is finished means the debt is fully paid. The sentence is is fully served. The battle has fully been won. This is Good Friday. Tonight is a pause. We're going to take communion. And we're going to give you some space. Some space to examine your hearts. To examine your lives. A space to grieve and think upon the journey to the cross for Jesus and what that means for you and I. To pause before we get to celebrate on Sunday. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 11 as he's talking about communion. He says this, For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim The Lord's death. Until he comes back. And then Paul has this interesting line here. In verse 28 he says. Everyone ought to examine themselves. Before they eat and drink of the cup. See at the time. The early church were gathering and all sorts of weird things were happening around the communion meal. And it was becoming a little distorted. And so Paul is reminding them, remember what the purpose of this bread and the cup is. It's to proclaim Jesus. 
what happened on the cross and to proclaim his resurrection until he comes back. And he says, don't rush through this. Don't treat this like a routine. But as you enter into it, examine yourselves. Examine your heart. Examine your mind. Examine your life to see if there's any way in which you're falling away from Jesus. When you do fall away from Jesus because of the cross and the resurrection, you repent and you come back. So this is an invitation tonight to sit, to pause, to examine, and to remember Jesus. A couple questions for us that lead us into this. What sin in your life needs to be confessed? What sin in your life needs to be confessed? Whatever it is, I want to invite you, confess it. James says, as you confess, you are healed. Another question, how are you praying to be transformed by the Holy Spirit? And then the last question, what do you hope to learn about God's character in the next couple days? I want to invite people to come up. You can exit the side aisle. Uh, we have multiple options for you. There's prepackaged communion if you prefer that. There is the cup that you can choose. There is bread there. And there's also a gluten-free option. And what I want to invite us to do is come up the side aisle, grab the bread and the cup, and then return back to your seat. And the worship team is going to play for a few minutes and just give us some space to sit. Give us space to examine. Give us space to lean into the Easter story. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, as we sit in Good Friday, pray that you meet us here. Jesus, I pray that as we examine our hearts and our minds, as we take a step back and examine our lives, I pray that we would confess 
so that we can find freedom. That we ask that you would transform our hearts and our minds. And that you would reveal new things to learn about who you are, even in this season. So God, may you move and may you speak. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. When you are ready, go ahead and take and eat of the bread and the cup.